0: Oh, definitely. Especially those thinking about it because I was in the same boat and I had a lot of reservation. Like, I think it's harder if you've never had roommates before. Um, So maybe I would give that a whirl, but at the same time, if you're going to, if you're ready and you want, you got to know, like, you want to be around a community of like-minded people. You got to really believe that quote about the sum being the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Like, if you really believe in that and you really think that that's like, going to influence you i believe in it 100 that's why i made the move so if you believe in that i'd say that's enough on itself to to let you make that leap of faith and yeah i also say like you should also expect that the first two weeks can be very very jarring um i having lived in korea vietnam japan australia and now san diego each of those leaps those first two weeks were hard like you don't know anybody you're in a whole new environment And that doesn't mean it's not the right place for you. And so I'd say like, if anyone who's also recently co-living, even if it's a month or two and you're still struggling, like that's to me, a part of the process. Like I didn't really start catching my stride till like three weeks here, three weeks in. And I would say really catching my stride in the last month after living here for about three, after living here about three or four months. Now I feel like it's home, but it takes time. You know, you're moving somewhere totally new. So don't let that Don't let that make you think it's the co-living is the issue. It really just might be the new environment and any new environment of that extreme change is going to affect your mental health a little bit.
1: Christine here with another episode of the Co-Living Code Show. You guys can find us on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Also, would love, love, love you guys to leave a review and a big thank you to those that already have. We appreciate it. We are the longest running show on co-living. So definitely check back on our other episodes. We are celebrating our three-year anniversary of the show, which is really cool. So thanks again for you guys that have followed along for a very long time. So on today's episode, we actually brought on a co-liver. So as you guys know, last year, around the same time, we actually brought on each of my housemates that live here at the Epic Entrepreneur House in San Diego, just to kind of get them to tell their perspective of co-living. Um, versus us interviewing operators like we normally do. And we actually got amazing feedback from all our listeners, whether they were investors, operators, because they were really intrigued to see the different demographic that is actually co-living, the different ages, the professionals, you know, all the, it's not, again, it's not the college student millennials necessarily that are co-living. So we are bringing on our newest housemate, Tim Chard. He just moved in a few months back. So it was really cool to get him on the show for this episode. He actually owns a digital marketing agency And he has actually co-lived before. He actually co-lived in Japan, in Tokyo, and there was about 50 housemates total. And then he scaled down to a place with seven housemates also out there. And he definitely dives into kind of the difference between intentional co-living, like, you know, entrepreneurship, mastermind sessions, etc., versus co-living out of necessity which is expats in Japan so we also talk about that a little bit and before we launch in let me actually give a quick shout out to our amazing partners they've been partners of the show for a while now it's ISL Furnishings they are a brand created through Interspace Living they're all about creating exciting spaces where design meets function we actually had Abe and also Quinton Kearns who is the designer they work directly with, we had both of them on for an interview um, just pretty recently. Within the last few episodes, you can check out that interview. That was super cool. And they obviously believe strongly in the co-living industry. They already work with some of the larger companies. They've done work with Quarters, with Star City. You know, they were founded on the mission to bring your brand to life. And they want to v- revolutionize the unit furniture experience. And they're obviously driven by creativity, you know, because they believe interior should inspire brilliance. And every venue has its own voice. And they exist to clarify that voice and interpret your brand vision. So trust your unit interiors to ISL furnishings. They bring light to your vision. So let's go ahead and launch right into today's episode. So welcome to the show, my housemate who moved in earlier this year, Tim.
0: Hey there, I'm Tim. I run an advertising agency called Asennial. And a big reason, in fact, the main reason I moved to San Diego was to live in the Epic Entrepreneur House to be Chrissy's roommate, along with a bunch of other amazing individuals. And yeah, um, Chrissy, would you like me to give like a little backstory of my career or a little short tidbit of how I got to starting a company?
1: Yes, for sure.
0: Okay, cool. So like basically um, really where my career really pivoted and took off was about seven or eight years ago. I was living in Tokyo, Japan, which was also one of my first experiences with co-living, which more than happy to talk about there. Very different than what's going on today, but also very similar. And essentially when I was there, I started a Tokyo nightlife blog. I was a bit of a party boy and learned about marketing and online marketing through that until I eventually built it to be the number one Tokyo nightlife website in the world. And was able to sell that, use those skills to be a marketer. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of your people watching this show know about digital marketing. And that's really where I got my career started. And as it progressed through the years and I came back to the United States, I ended up joining a software company, being their marketing director, leading that to an m and by Hootsuite, which was a big company at the time. And from there, I just kind of got into agency world. Ran an agency for a while and decided to start my own. And that's what I do today. It's uh, I basically do advertising on Facebook, Google, you name it. And we really focus on high growth startups, whether they're e-commerce, SaaS, or apps. So that's really my main focus and drive today. And it's uh, just celebrated my second year anniversary in the e-house.
1: Yay, awesome. And yeah. then or of your business, but happened to now live in the e-house.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was a nice place to celebrate. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a really nice place to celebrate.
1: And then obviously with COVID, you know, a lot of people that are co-living, you know, have to start, you know, had to move into working from home. And then obviously you're working from home. So I'd love to hear like, if that's more productive for you, um, you know, working from your room slash office.
0: Oh, oh yeah. Cause as you can see, this is my office slash. and yeah, a great point. Because I basically throughout that journey that I went through from Tokyo to now, which I think was about seven years, um, I spent a lot of time in co-working spaces Uh, even though I wasn't co-living in places. And I think that was essential. So for anyone living on their own, I would really recommend you go out there and experience a co-working space because it can be very isolating. And I've been remote this entire last seven years. So, but for me now with having a bunch of entrepreneurs living in the same roof, under the same roof as me, I don't really feel the need to go out to another office space. And I actually like you can't see it now because this is my bedroom, but the other half of my room is an office. And basically it's just, you know, I got sound panels. I have my, my calendar. I have my whiteboard. I have my motivational quotes. And so when I'm facing this way all day, I don't even feel like I'm in my room. I feel like, and, and if I want to take a lunch break, I literally just go lay right there and just kind of ignore this half of my room. So I really do have it siloed as much as it appears to be all in the same space.
1: Nice, nice. And then you said you'd co-lived with how many people before? Yeah, so
0: so unlike, so, and and yeah, I think this is something I could really add value to everyone listening here is just like understanding the difference between living with a bunch of people and co-living in the sense of having a shared interest and passion. So I lived in a share house of of a share house unit of 50 people. It was 50, 50 people and it was a shared living room and a shared kitchen. Huge kitchen, huge living room. And my room was right next to the living room. So I got to meet everyone in the house. You know, I would open my door, there'd be like 20 people watching a movie, and I would just chill and watch the movie with them. And the shared passion there was everyone was there to learn Japanese or was interested in Japanese culture or came for a Japanese job. At the same time, like it was, it was very, everyone had very different backgrounds, which made for an interesting time, but there wasn't a deep sense of community, which I think is what you find in a place like the Epic Entrepreneur House, or, you know, I have friends in the music industry, they live in music production homes where everyone's a producer, and you're gonna get more of a community there. At the same time, like living with 50 people, you do learn about dishes real quick and how crazy those get. And you learn about noise, especially when you're the guy next to the TV room and how to, how to approach those situations, right? Like, you know, I'm very, like moving into the Epic Entrepreneur House, learning to deal with roommates isn't something I have an issue with. Like if the dishes aren't being done, I just, you know, politely talk about it with them. And so those experiences taught me that. Um, But yeah, outside of that, eventually to be fair, living with 50 people gets a little nuts. So eventually I moved in to a seven person house, which was similar to where I'm living now. Um, And it was really great. I mean, obviously you save a lot of money. I'm able to live in the heart of Shibuya, which is where like all the, whenever you see this, like, the pedestrian crossing in Tokyo, that's where I lived. And, you know, very exciting, only able to live there because of the cost savings. But at the same time, like, you know, most people there were just English teachers, which is no offense if that's something you're passionate about and you enjoy doing. But for me, that's not like what I wanted to be doing with my life. And so when I'm surrounded by everyone, just kind of comfortable and doing this activity that I don't enjoy, it it does psychologically affect you. And if anything, I do think like you need to make sure you surround yourself physically in an environment with people that are aligned with you. And as kind as those people were and as great roommates as they were, that wasn't really like what I think co-living is about. To me, that was just co-living to save money rather than co-living to make myself a better person and experience growth. And that's, that's really what this house is and why I, when I saw the opportunity, I literally decided to move across the country pretty much within 24 hours because I I knew those past experiences and I knew where I wanted to be. And I just, as soon as I heard about the Epic Entrepreneur House, I was like, that's that's it. That's the com- that's community, that's shared growth, that's vision, that's self-development, that's all that stuff all wrapped into one location. So, and you're
1: 33 or 34? How old are you? I'm 30,
0: yeah, I'm 34 years old. So cool. um, yeah, and I left Japan in, when I was 28 and I lived there from, I lived in Asia from like 23 on 23 to 28 so and
1: then you're from Atlanta Georgia you moved yeah from, I'm there from to the here.
0: south I got rid of my accent I could say y'all taught like this but I try not to <laughs> even though that's where all my friends have southern accents um oh my god! But, and yeah
1: love, and you're in music production also that's my hobby yeah
0: that's my big hobby yeah,
1: yeah and then Sarek who's our other housemate who we will bring on too he's lived here since December I really need to get him on um was the one that referred you over right to the house yeah yeah
0: <laughs> and what I what I really love about that is you know, we all have our passions. And, you know, when I was younger, I wanted to be a famous DJ. And if I'm going to be honest, who doesn't want to be a famous DJ, right? (laughs) But what I love about that is it was still a passion of mine to become a better music producer. And I also wanted to be an entrepreneur. Well, little did I know that that would all intersect and all come together eventually. And I met, I took Sarek, one of my roommates, one of our roommates courses on music production back in um, 2016. And, formed a relationship with him and I I basically did his advertising and he helped me with my music and then we kind of became friends until eventually we just were buddies we didn't really work together anymore I did music on my own he did he did his ads on his own and sure enough like it all came together into uh earlier this year when we were having our annual phone call where we would just talk for hours on end and he told me about this house and what's going on there and I thought hell yeah so Yeah, I think I think the big underlying thing I want to get across with that story, though, is like, like why it's so important to also pursue like not just entrepreneurship, but if you have your creative pursuits, like it does all connect like this would not have happened. My entrepreneurial journey would not have happened had I not also pursued my love of music, even though that wasn't what like was what my career is or earned me money or anything like that. Yet it's opened up a door, ironically, for the biggest entrepreneurial growth I've ever experienced being here. So, yeah.
1: And so what would you say um, is your best, is your favorite part about living here?
0: Yeah, I think definitely the, the routine of the masterminds on Monday. So every Monday we sit around for two hours and we talk about our personal professional issues and any house, house things. I think like sometimes, not going to lie, sometimes I've had a heavy Monday and it's like, oh man, that's very intensive. Um, but like a good workout when you go and do it afterwards, you're like, I'm really glad I did that you know, like, I'm really glad, like, I took the energy and time to sit down with these people and, and talk about this stuff. And then by creating, it's almost like a ritual. And I feel like having those rituals really are, are a foundation of community as well. It's like, we consistently do that we consistently show up regardless of how us as an individual feels to make sure we continue that communal space. And I think like, that's hands down my my favorite part. Besides, like, Besides renting a boat and going, getting a little, little tipsy on the bay, which is, which is, which is awesome, but that's not like the real, the real growth. So yeah.
1: And what about our wine nights? Now oh COVID, yeah. Covid calmed down. Oh shoot. We yeah. Back yeah, our, okay. Our okay. Event. Yeah.
0: I should should make a distinction there. Like that. So when we talk about the the e house and the communal bonds with those we're living close to, yes. But like the events we do, that is where that is like the big, that's where the networking happens, right? That's where we meet everybody. And we also create a sense of larger community. It's kind of like taking our, our six person unit and turning it into a hundred something person unit. And so actually, Chrissy, I mean, you've been doing rockstar job of organizing boat trips, organizing um, like dinners and outings and just like, and together as a house, we're even doing a small, we're doing a, with our, with our chef here, we're doing a small plate speakeasy, which is like our own like the house making an entrepreneurial venture with our chef, which I think is amazing. Just pretty much whoever enters our lives, we put them in the entrepreneurial space. Um, And yeah, I think like our Y Nights have been a place where I've met, consistently met people that I can talk to for hours on end and grow my own network, not just for like personal gain, but just like for my own skill and expertise. Like I literally spoke with um, another agency owner because I run an agency who I met at Y Night who is in his 50s and has been doing this for much longer than I have. I just celebrated my second year anniversary. And so talking to him for an hour was so enlightening and would have never happened had we not just been drinking a red wine together. And like, I think like also having these people all show up together at these wine nights makes you feel like a part of San Diego and not just the Epic Entrepreneur House. And I think that's important to, uh, to touch on. Thanks for reminding me about that. That's like a massive part of being here. I was just thinking within um, within our little group. But you're yeah. right. It's it's much bigger than that. Much and for bigger.
1: somebody, yeah. And you just moved to San Diego. So you're looking yeah. to make new friends. And oh now I, yeah. I always tell people that I'm like, you literally, when you move into a house, you know, with five other people, you literally, you know, quadruple, you know, more than quadrupled your network. Because you're tapping everybody else's network at the same time. And then what about, let's So you talked about the Money Night Mastermind. You talked about the wine nights as far as events. And then, of course, we threw in a fun little Cinco de Mayo party. That one had 70. That was our first party since the COVID situation. So it was like 70 people here, which was a blast. That was fun back in May. And then what about, you know, the last event that we, we do on a consistent basis is the quarterly retreat. So you got oh, to go to yeah, that.
0: Yeah. That's um, and that's kind of like taking our unit and putting it somewhere else to spice things up. And I think, uh, do you want me to talk about that somewhere? Yeah, yeah. You, like, oh, what yeah. You,
1: like what you got Oh, out I of think it. like
0: basically, and and I really wish what I what I took away from that too is feeling like doing that. If if everyone could do that with a group of close friends, the world would be so much of a better place. Because what we did was spend almost two days, pretty much. I'd say at least a whole day's worth of going through each area of our own life and being very vulnerable with each other and sharing like how we would rate ourselves with the, the wheel of life but like however you want to do it how you would rate yourself in business your relationships um, your physical health um, I can't remember all at the top of my head but just doing that it is not only it's not only good for you to do yourself but by doing it with people it, makes you have to be more honest in a way that like you might not be able to get to if it's just you alone in a room and the fact you're outside of your home and you're in an environment that is intentionally set to do that self-work is super crucial for for getting like getting these insights into your into your psyche and into your your mind and it's just very supportive too i think like having everyone together there i mean i you saw i cried at a pizza place like I was, I definitely got emotional about this stuff. Like it's, it's hard stuff, you know, and not every area of my life is great. And having to admit that to people, um, is really difficult. And that, that, but by doing that, I ended up feeling closer to all of y'all and, oh, there's my Southern coming out, (laughs) all of y'all. And, and, you know, feeling much, much better about that. And since that team retreat, like my, my business score has almost doubled. Like, I feel like I'm going, it's like gotten so much, so much because of the support I had
1: Oops, awesome. did i lose my
0: video one sec there we go oh whoops one second
1: okay you have the nice uh technical, camera. technical, there technical difficulty go. there yeah. yeah no no no. you're fine and so um you are leading up so i, I know everybody on this podcast. well a lot of people from europe listen to this podcast and they know i they already know how much i love europe <laughs> and so i went last, oh yeah last month to italy and now next month you are heading up our first house Euro trip.
0: Oh, that's so, right. Yeah. Talk a yeah, little I, tiny
1: bit about that. I'm excited. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That I'm really excited to do that. And I think it's kind of, um, I didn't realize I was heading it up until I realized until all of a sudden I was the one booking the flights. <laughs> and then I was like, Oh wait, I have to make other people do this. I, I booked my flights and then I got all my roommates to book flights. Um, so yeah, basically it's hard to do trips, especially with the pandemic starting to have this resurgence. Um, but you know at the same time it's a great flights are cheap and kind of this whole like you only live once thing and also like this is unique time we're all yes we're all entrepreneurs in this entrepreneur house but like who knows different things change as, as the months go on so while we're all together let's like go do as many things as possible and going to europe just had that sense of adventure that i felt like you know what a better crew to go do it with like Like, yeah, I have my friend, my childhood friends and all that, but like, they're not in the same place as I am in life right now or doing the same things. And I'm so close and comfortable with everyone here. It's like, couldn't imagine better travel buddies and to go to Prague, which I've always wanted to see and explore, um, and then Kiev, and then we're just throwing in Chernobyl to spice things up a little bit. So get more glow I'll go on our face. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's like basically where I, um. Yeah. I mean, I'm really excited to do that. And I also think it's really cool to kind of be the one to push the trip forward and it made me feel more a part of the house to be able to, to lead a little bit there. And yeah, you reminded me, I need to like get on hotels and hostels and do some more research for sure.
1: Fun, fun. I know. And then I'm, I'm, of course, I'm sneaking over to Italy right before and I'm meeting up with you guys. So yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I don't, I get that one. Yeah. There's Italy has some good uh, people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> and food and a lot of other stuff, but yeah.
0: Yes.
1: Um, okay. So let's see here. A couple last questions for you, Tim. Um, mm-hmm. if you ever moved out, what's your best guess on what the reason would be?
0: Oh, I think, um, the best guess for me would be the development and pursuit of an intimate romantic partner. <laughs> and basically like taking that to a, a, a level of like, Uh, you know, a kind of an attachment bond that as close as you can become with roommates and friends, like it's, it's not really possible to have that kind of level of mutual like dependence. And, um, you know, obviously I think that, I think that would be the the only thing I can think of that would lead me to move out. And I don't imagine that being a quick thing either. I think like it would be in the sense I'd be moving out of the house to move in with somebody else. That's the only thing I could see as to moving out of the entrepreneur house
1: or you can get creative like one of the recent housemates that now has a girlfriend and the girlfriend lives close by you know that's true she that is true yeah that is true Uh, but but their plan is okay you know down the road we get a really nice place together but then I still can live here too and I kind of like live at both places
0: (laughs) yeah I mean however however people want to swing it you know I haven't I'm not really sure how I'd swing it either I just know that um that's the only thing I could think of.
1: We're know. in the same neighborhood, on the same street, you
0: guys. We end up well, all that's like for progression, right? Like I don't. Yeah. It does seem a little jarring to go from like living and sharing all these deep experiences with you know five or six people, and then all of a sudden it's just me and a girl. You know, <laughs> you know, but then see, we putting just a lot on that. her. It's putting a little yeah. bit too much on her. Yeah. I
1: guess it's, it's how we all are going to evolve eventually, eventually,
0: eventually when that phase, you know, I kind of look at building a family as like a phase of life as somebody who doesn't have a family that said, we have a lot of people in the entrepreneurial community who do have children. Um, you know, Craig Cern of sunrise leads, like he, he has a, he has a kid and like, he's able to also hang with us and it's not like a limiting factor. And I think I've had to also as i've you know as i'm 34 and i'm interacting with people with families realizing you can be an entrepreneur and have a family they're yes. not mutually exclusive and i think i definitely used to think especially in my late 20s that like you could not have both
1: no so. for sure for sure for sure awesome so any words of advice for those who are thinking about pro living or already are
0: oh definitely especially those thinking about it because I was in the same boat and I had a lot of reservation. Like, I think it's harder if you've never had roommates before. Um, So maybe I would give that a whirl, but at the same time, if you're going to, if you're ready and you want, you got to know, like, you want to be around a community of like minded people. You got to really believe that quote about the sum being the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Like, if you really believe in that and you really think that that's like going to influence you, I I believe in it hundred percent. That's why I made the move. So if you believe in that, I'd say that's enough on itself to, to let you make that leap of faith. And yeah, I also say like, you should also expect that the first two weeks can be very, very jarring. Um, I having lived in Korea, Vietnam, Japan, Australia, and now San Diego, each of those leaps, those first two weeks were hard. Like you don't know anybody you're in a whole new environment. And that doesn't mean it's not the right place for you. And so I'd say like if anyone who's also recently co-living, even if it's a month or two and you're still struggling, like that's to me a part of the process. Like I didn't really start catching my stride till like three weeks here, three weeks in. And I would say really catching my stride in the last month after living here for about three, after living here about three or four months. Now I feel like it's home, but it takes time. You know, you're moving somewhere totally new. So don't let that, don't let that make you think it's the co-living is the issue. It really just might be the new environment and any new environment of that extreme change is going to affect your mental health a little bit. So that'd be my advice. Just like understanding that those quote unquote negative emotions are a part of the process when you move in, when you move.
1: Yeah. And I know that that was my last question, but I'd love for you to elaborate because I don't even know the answer. I didn't know it was like kind of a struggle for you those first couple of weeks.
0: Yeah. Um, it's, it's like, always been. Yeah. But oh, like no, here,
1: yeah, here, what we're like, what, what were you, what was giving you kind of a little hard time or you weren't feeling comfortable? Like, I'd love for you to elaborate on that.
0: Sure. Sure. So I think, you know, I left a lot of really close friends. You know, I grew up in Atlanta. My childhood friends were in Atlanta. My, my father, my sister in Atlanta. And so, you know, that is, that was my support network. Um, at the same time, I was like, I need a different type of support network. So I had to let that one go. And there's this middle, there's this like purgatory because I don't know any of y'all yet and I'm not going to just open my heart and trust. I know that's going to happen, but like the type of person I am, it's going to take me some time to make sure I feel secure and make sure I feel can be vulnerable without like being too vulnerable too quickly. And you know, like you would with anyone, you're not going to go, go talk to some random person on the street and tell them about like your, uh, your grandpa who died. Right. Like you gotta, like, you gotta have wait till you have some trust built. Um, And I think until that trust is built, you end up feeling pretty lonely because you you're you do feel by yourself um, so yeah I would say like as far as feeling wise just lon- loneliness is something and I can tell that from like literally every other move I felt the same way in Australia I felt the same way in Japan I felt the same way in Korea so like I knew it before I even came out here I'm like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna feel those weird loneliness things for a few weeks because I just left everything comfortable behind you know I had a specific spot in Georgia I would drive to in the park and meditate like all that all right like I don't have any of that also my camera keeps dying one sec there we go (laughs) but yeah all of that all of that is is gone when you go somewhere new but now I've built new places I still need to find a spot to go meditate in the woods but uh there's not really many woods over here um but yeah that's uh hopefully that answers the question it's just that it's it's you're leaving your comfort zone and I but I mean like you're you're from California Chrissy do Mm -hmm. I remember Mm -hmm. that correctly Yeah. Yeah, So maybe for, for people who are like moving in state, it's, you're not going to deal with that as much, you know, like I'm on the other side of the country. So it's a little bit harder.
1: Hey, that's how you grow though. Right. You get uncomfortable. That is how
0: you grow. And also, yeah, I mean, like, and now I have a completely new, it also by leaving the comfort zone, it forces you to create a new network. And that was a big thing I struggled with back in Georgia is I would just like hang out with my friends, um, even though they weren't like doing the same things as me. And I, they they weren't aligned with me on physical or professional, and, but they were comfortable and they accepted me for who I was. And um, it made it like in a way harder for me to try to branch out. Like, you know, since I moved to San Diego, you know, I do this, Chrissy. I'll go out by myself sometimes. I never did that in Atlanta, even before the pandemic, right? Like, I, but now I, i because I've dated this leap, it also gave me this newfound confidence that like, oh, I can just like go to places by myself and have a good time. I can go to a music event by myself, I can go to a bar by myself. Like, I can have a great time doing that. And I end up meeting people, making more friends because I don't have the, I'm not like cleaning to comfort, you know, I'm not cleaning to that old friend. So yeah. Good it's been stuff. Great. Well, it's been Tim,
1: great. thanks again for coming on. I really, you're really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. And yeah, I hope, uh, obviously I'm a very good testimonial for co-living. I think it's, uh, been pivotal for me and I hope like it's, this has helped people see the difference between like roommates versus co-living and also like part of the, part of the leap is discomfort, but it opens up so many doors. And yeah, hopefully we got to get people on your podcast to come to one of our wine nights. Cause
1: that's <laughs> the where local it's ones. at. The that's local. where it's at. Any, uh, any yeah. LA, San Diego. Yes. You're yeah, for sure. Come
0: down to a, come. a wine night. Come say what's up. Cool. But yeah. Okay. Awesome. Chrissy. Thank you for having me on.
1: Of course. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for checking out this episode and keep in mind, we are on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Also, we have a link in the show notes for our three books on co-living. You can also find one of them on amazon.com if you like the print version. And lastly, a very quick shout out to our partners over at ISL Furnishings. They bring light to your vision and already work with some of the larger companies like Star City and Quarters.